You're listening to The Wrestling Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, and at obpapparel.com. Hey everybody, it's The Wrestling Life. It's episode 216. It is November 14th, 2019. I'm Ethan. And I'm Liam. Liam. There's so much to talk about this week. And as always, so many things that we can't talk about. Oh, what a week it's been. AEW Full Gear was in town over the weekend. I have an embarrassing story to tell from the weekend. Um, The show was a show uh, WWE <laughs> is doing WWE things uh, CM Punk is back uh, <laughs> ish he's kinda, back ish kinda where do you want to start here AEW yeah I guess we'll start with the start with the beginning uh, we'll save your story for the end that'll be oh, our yeah. main event but yeah. uh, em- embarrass me at the end that's good that's that's always how we do it on on this show but uh yeah, the show the show itself was obviously was in Baltimore. We were we were both there, although not together because we don't really we don't really plan things out like that anymore. No. Um, but uh, for I would say for what I paid for the tickets, it was a fine show. I think it was of the three AEW shows that I've now been live for this year. It was probably my least favorite, okay. but I don't think it was a bad show. I know that main event is very polarizing and we can get into that in a second. Um, Sean Spears, I hope he transfers <laughs> to hell. Um, he does not belong on pay-per-view. And I thought that was like the low point of the show and maybe of the whole company so far <laughs> with Sean Spears wrestling Joey Janela in front of a silent crowd on pay-per-view. But um yeah, overall, I thought that, you know, if nothing else, we got the Rock and Roll Express, uh, specifically Ricky Morton, uh, more, most importantly. But uh, I don't know. Overall, I thought it was a, you know, I would give it one thumb up. What about you? Yeah, something like that. Like, the there was a lot of stuff. On, like, it's very difficult, as we say all the time. It's very difficult to have a bad time at a live wrestling show. Sure. Um. The Brandy and Kong stuff, like there, there's a photo from the show where I could be seen in the background, like with a puzzled look on my face, <laughs> and, and my arms crossed as I'm trying to figure out what the hell this Brandy and Kong stuff is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that was on the on the pre-show, I guess, so people didn't actually pay for that. Yeah, I don't know why Sean Spears is on pay-per-view, uh, and I uh, hated the main event. So. Um, but there were, there was a lot of good stuff on the show too. Pac and Pack and Hangman Page was very good, and Cody and Jericho was very good. Yeah, and I, I really enjoyed the opener with uh, with the Bucks and uh, not LAX. Uh, <laughs> right. They have a name now, but I, I it's, it's dumb and I can't remember it. Well, they it's a name, but they never say it on TV. It's proud and powerful. Right. Okay. Yeah. But they never call them that on TV. Like on the television, they... they're Santana and Ortiz. Why don't they just call them? Aren't they're part of the inner circle? Why don't they? Can't they just be the inner circle or inner circle members, Santana and Ortiz? I don't know. This is starting to feel like uh, TNA. <laughs> A little bit. 
Like a TNA discussion. Speaking of which, I saw Don West over the weekend. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Do you have any brown bag specials to sell you? He did. He was hawking merch. Awesome. I didn't buy any, but he was hawking it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pentagon and Phoenix Live is a great experience. They're the best tag team on, on God's green earth. And I don't, think it's, I don't think it's even close right now. Yeah, I... There's nobody really that comes to mind. Um, there are other tag teams that I certainly that I like, but watching the way they work and every time I see Phoenix do that spot where he runs on the ropes and knees the guy in the face, <laughs> yeah, like it takes my breath away every time. Like that's he is specifically. I mean, this is probably almost inarguably been Will Ospreay's year as far as like the best and most you know the most outstanding in ring performer, but. Man, if if Ray Phoenix doesn't deserve like at least a mention in that discussion this year, oh, he's he's outstanding. Yeah, uh, Cody and Jericho, old school uh, world title match. I thought Cody bladed. Turns out he just you know landed on his face <laughs> and busted himself open hard way. He seemed oh. to be a little out of it for a minute there too. Like I, I don't, I don't, I guess it wasn't that serious because they let the match continue. But he seemed a little uh, when they were checking on him and kind of fixing the cut. I thought maybe that was also just to give him a minute to kind of get his bearings on where he was. Perhaps very troubling, very troubling. Uh, kind of strange too. Of all people. Uh, our, not our personal favorite wrestlers, but the show's collective favorite wrestler, Kevin Nash, also brought this up on Twitter this week. Yeah. Uh, why he was shocked that the Maryland State Athletic Commission didn't stop the match due to blood. And, mm-hmm. like, they've done that <laughs> before. Uh, <laughs> and he talked about an indie show that he worked, like, two years ago where they stopped the show because of blood and they find the wrestler... Uh, who bladed. And not only was there blood in the Cody match, there was a lot of blood in the main event. Sure was. Or maybe but, the Maryland Athletic Commission is kind of like uh, who, whichever last athletic commission it was that like uh, allowed CM Punk to fight in an octagon. Well, that's true. Or that like, cleared Dada 5000 to fight Kimbo Slice three months before Kimbo Slice died. Oh, oh boy. Dada's the one that almost died in the fight, though, right? Yeah, he's the one that, like, passed out after the first round or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah, so, uh, a lot of good on the show. Um, Pac and Hangman, I thought was, uh, it's really how desensitized we've become to great matches, that they were out (laughs) there having a really good match, and I was almost falling asleep. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> and then they they worked uh, another match on television this week that I don't know maybe the crowd was chanting this is awesome maybe it was awesome during a commercial break because I didn't I didn't think it was great on TV but what do we what do I know Yeah I definitely thought the pay-per-view match was the best of the the now three I've seen two of which I've seen live uh two of which we've both seen live Uh yeah I definitely thought the the one on on Saturday night was the best one um and uh, and then the very polarizing main event. Uh, not my cup of tea. And <laughs> I also had to step out uh, for about uh, for a few minutes. 
and <laughs> doesn't matter why. <laughs> I, had to, I, had, I had to step out, and I came back, and they were still wrestling. And, oh, my gosh, they just went forever. Yeah, it was very long. It's funny, and I was—I think we talked about this a little bit off the air, but you know, two of my two of my favorite or my most memorable matches of this year are Cody and Dustin, and uh, the Blue Demon Junior versus Doctor Wagner Junior match from Triple Mania, which were both gruesome bloodbaths. And generally, I'm not a fan of blood and wrestling, but I thought the storytelling and the overall feel of both of those matches was so unique that I kind of overlooked my own my own uh, squeamishness when it comes to seeing guys lose like a liter of blood. Um, and in this match, I was like, well, what is... So I, was, I kind of was trying to work out in my own head, in my mind palace, if you will, uh, why exactly I didn't really like this match, whereas I really liked Cody and Dustin and I liked the, uh, the Triple Mania match. And I think I came to it because this one didn't, it didn't really click for me where it ever felt like a fight. It felt like, let's take turns doing very silly, elaborate stunts. Like, it almost felt like, I don't know, like jackass or something at a certain point, where you pull out a tray of mouse traps and glass. And, like, I appreciated that they worked very, very hard and... I thought the suplex onto the hammock of barbed wire was an interesting spot, but, um, and much like a hammock, they couldn't get out of it without help. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it was, uh, it was not for me. Um, and I definitely think, and maybe if they, if they had done more of a hard hitting wrestling match and then just worked in some weapon stuff towards the end, Maybe that would have been better. I understand that's not, I guess, what they wanted to do. They, John Moxley, really wanted to have this. Uh, apparently, I, I didn't. Obviously, I didn't see the show on TV. But apparently, like a minute into the match, he uh, looked into the camera and said, "It's time for some garbage wrestling," and <laughs> that is, in fact, what happened. Uh, whether you like that type of wrestling or not is obviously up to you. But uh, yeah, for me. I think it was just, it just felt like a collection of let's take turns doing some stunts. And then, uh, you know, the ending being the, the wild, you know, the Phoenix splash on the boards and then the, the DDT where he dropped Omega right on top of his head on the, on the exposed wooden boards was, I was just like, man, maybe if the, maybe if you cut out like half of this stuff and you did some, a little bit more actual wrestling in the middle of it, it would be for me, but I also saw people who on Twitter who absolutely loved this. And, you know, maybe if you really like like death matches and stuff like that, this is for you. But yeah, even amidst a year of a lot of like wild, bloody brawls, this did not really cut it for me. Yeah. I don't know why we used gimmick glass and a gimmicked barbed wire hammock, but we used real barbed wire bats. I don't. <laughs> I, I, I say they showed the uh, the the semi healed wounds on Omega's back on uh, on AEW on Wednesday night, and yeah, that the barbed wire they were using on the bat and on the broom was sure real. Weird, not good. Don't like it. <laughs> uh, also weird that this is the first match of the feud, and 
where do we go from here? <laughs> well, I guess it's done for now, yeah, at least. Yeah, yeah, it's done. It's not a feud. It's just like you know, surely at some point these men will wrestle again, and <laughs> they don't. You know, what are they going to do? Chain wrestle? Like, <laughs> did you? Did, you know, they they used an actual chain in that match. They were chain wrestling. Did you? Did you get that subtle? I that get subtle jokes. joke. Yes. I get- I get jokes. Because yeah. chain is a is an item, but it's also a name of a type of wrestling. I get it. So if I told you that uh, five, oh my gosh, five plus years ago when we started doing this show, <laughs> <laughs> that CM Punk was going to return in some form or fashion to wrestling, that it would not be the first thing we would talk about. Would you believe me? <laughs> uh probably not probably not no um well, how, here we are how, how could we possibly envision cm punk returning on a wwe uh studio show on fox sports one that last week was watched by forty nine thousand people and this week was watched by 100,000 people <laughs> wild <laughs> what, mean, a, what a time we live in yeah and i mean i i guess it was Obviously, this was rumored for a while, and then Punk publicly talked about how he basically did, like, a test show and never heard back. And I guess based on some of the clips they put out, that maybe was a lie. And he was, and uh, I guess maybe this was, or at least it seemed like he and Renee had known this was coming for a while. So I I assume everybody except maybe the other hosts on the show knew. But, uh regardless yeah he he walked out tried to talk into the camera and they didn't turn any lights on so he was just standing there in the dark i thought that was very funny and then uh yeah he he stood in a ring with his best pal renee young and Paige and uh samoa (laughs) joe and booker t and adam cole so just just as the prophecy foretold I was like, yeah, if you're, I mean, if you were like a Ring of Honor fan from like 2004 to 2012, must have had your, just must have blown your mind last night watching, watching Adam Cole, Samoa Joe, and CM Punk stand in, in something resembling a wrestling ring together on a WWE show. Like Mick Foley watching, never mind. Um, <laughs> so does he wrestle again? I, you know. <laughs> I just hope it's not in Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Here's here. I don't know, man. He and his friend uh, Dave Batista are, you know, they're the they're these social justice guys, and yet <laughs> Big Dave came and worked for WWE this year at WrestleMania, and Punk is taking money from Fox who in terms of you know being ethical uh, probably not in very not in line with his political views uh, taking money from from Fox so sure <laughs> so uh, where where do these people draw the line I don't know do they draw the line at, at anyway Probably for whatever, for what money he would want to make, it would probably have to be at a WrestleMania or a Saudi Arabia show. You would just mm-hmm. think, like, 
So I. So one I thing know. I think is he's going to be in the video game next year. Okay. And Makes sense. so two so 2K will get like a great promo package together for it. Um, assuming he hasn't already worked in a ring, you know, in the ring by then. <laughs> um, and uh, and he'll be like the pre-order character for next year's 2K game, and then from there we'll we'll see from there. But <laughs> um, yeah, I it's 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 as you said, it's it's bizarre to think about that. CM Punk was on a WWE show, even if it's a Fox-produced WWE show, it's still a WWE show, and and he's he's going to be, I believe, there. He's not going to be on every week, but he will be a quote-unquote uh, special contributor. So, uh, I mean, I'm I think it's pretty it's pretty funny that his his big return to wrestling is he's going to have to watch <laughs> like Baron Corbin matches and promos now. <laughs> he's going to have to watch this Lana and Rusev stuff, and <laughs> I guess give his feedback on it. <laughs> That'll be something. Mm, I yeah, I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know. I guess that's there is some morbid curiosity because I mean, the impression I got when he talked about it, when of course we now know he was probably lying when he was talking about it, but was that he didn't if he went on the show he would he didn't want to be like the hot take guy or he didn't want to just bury everything. But like, what is there? I'm just trying to imagine anything on these shows that CM Punk would be like. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> that's wrestling that I like. <laughs> I don't know. I don't see a lot of it. Here's one thing, and you've kind of alluded to it a couple times. I would just ask people to keep in mind. Uh, I, I'm generally a fan of CM Punk. Uh, I thought he was very cool as a wrestler. And uh, more principled than most as a human being. However, uh, he is a huge carny. <laughs> just, just keep that in mind, all right? Yep. <laughs> he, he is a carny. He's maybe the last of the real carnies. <laughs> right. And if you look at it on that side, he probably made a lot of money to not actually work for WWE just because they were scared he might go to AEW, even though he has publicly said that kind of he has no interest or, or didn't <laughs> like the way they approached him. So, hey, he, he's making himself, he's get that's that's the true revenge. It's not never going back. It's getting them to beg you to come back and then you barely come back anyway. I believe someone on Twitter <laughs> compared it to if like Bret Hart came back in 1999 and he was like just the guy stationed at WWF New York every week. If you put it, if you, if you put it in that, uh, fr- that frame, it is very bizarre. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> All right. Well, as of now, it's a non-story. Um, because he hasn't done or said anything other than showed up and had his music play on a WWE show. So, right. Uh, we'll see what he says on the show next week. We'll see what his hot takes are on uh, King Corbin, and uh, maybe he'll be a guest on uh, After the Bell with Corey Graves, and those two can kiss and make up. They can they can bang out the official unofficial list of the rules of punk rock. Graves is a Trump guy, though, and I'm sure Punk is not a Trump guy. So, mm. like, what, what what's their friendship about? Um, tattoos. I think wrestling. so. Wrestling. 
Yeah. Being infidelity. Being unpleasant to be around. Infidelity. Yeah. Sure. All right. Just checking here. Um, as far as WWE television goes, they were uh, in Europe uh, over this past weekend, and they taped SmackDown and Raw. And I watched SmackDown because it promised the uh, first Sasha Banks match in a month. And uh, I deleted Raw immediately from the DVR because I read... uh, Actually, I read what happened in the opener and uh, that there was a a really bad Lana and Rusev segment on the show. And that stuff just... It doesn't interest me right now. So I just deleted it right off the DVR. Uh, what did you think of WWE television this past week? Well, I, I'll be honest with you. I think I maybe saw less than you did. <laughs> um, I did not watch SmackDown. And I I tell you what I did. I did go out of my way to see that, that, that Lana segment on Raw. Because it was truly... It was the it was the good kind of bad. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. uh, it was tremendously awful. Um, and like, didn't wasn't Lana like an actress before she came to WWE? Like, I know she wasn't like a star, but like, she had she was in like two movies. I don't think did she have any the... lines in those movies? Do you think? I I don't think so. Okay, that's fair because based on. <laughs> Her, her delivery of her lines, which, to be fair, I'm not sure there's a ton of uh, women on that roster that could have delivered these lines well, but uh, she was she was awful, the promo was awful, and then Rusev came out and got beat up by the heel, and then the heels laughed at him, and, uh, <laughs> geez, it's amazing. Uh, why, why, why isn't this guy more over? Yeah. Um, well, and then the other thing that irritated me uh, not as much as it irritated Brian Alvarez but uh, was the fact that after tapping out to Natalia last week Asuka pinned Becky Lynch <laughs> in a throwaway tag match that nobody will remember in two weeks and that we're not sure is going to lead to anything either like, right it it doesn't it doesn't matter it because, really doesn't matter because like when Asuka tapped out Becky at the Royal Rumble people were like well that's that's going to be Becky's first program after she wins the title at Mania. Do you remember that? Remember when people thought that? I mean, I didn't think that because I knew that they would forget about it. But I remember sure. that being the just—I remember that being the justification for it. Yes, right. And then it was going to be like, well, then it became like, well, after the draft, they'll move Oscar to the same <laughs> show as Becky. And then the draft didn't matter because we had a wild card rule. And uh, yeah, now now here we are. I guess maybe. The good news is it was the least viewed Raw, not on a holiday show ever, and it had the biggest drop from the first to third hour ever. <laughs> so, not a lot of people saw this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, good stuff there. If you missed SmackDown, it was um, Baron Corbin talking about... <laughs> Uh, the big dog and his excrement, and then uh, beating Roman Reigns in the main event. So, did it appear that they're setting up Rude and Ziggler to be like a, his new his new group? I don't know if that was just for. Yeah, I don't know if it was just for TV or not. 
or like for a, a TV program or it, w- it was not super clear that like uh, to me honestly it was built like a one night like a one night story like they needed a main event for the show they decided real quick we're gonna have Baron cut a promo with the start of the show and then we'll pay it off at the end of the show which is why I, I you know I expected Roman to beat him at the end of the show it was just like a one night not non-continuity show if that makes sense <laughs> and then Rude and Ziggler ran out so I don't know man your guess is as good as mine that's just that's that's kind of their 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 gimmick for the last couple of years now is they know they don't have any like top heels so mm-hmm. they just they just smush like three mid carters together and hope that those three dorks equal one actual good heel. I mean, we could just be getting the Usos back, and this is like a short program. Like, mm. I, it, it could, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. Have, I don't know. I'll watch the show, and I don't have a lot of answers for you. <laughs> are you Are you excited about anything that's been announced for the Survivor Series? Uh, no. Are you? Um, I think. Well, depending, Roderick Strong is going to work really hard to get a match out of two guys who used to be really great wrestlers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's exciting. maybe since AJ and Nakamura will each only have to work like half the match, they'll be good too. How about, they haven't announced Cole and um, uh, Brock and Wyatt for the show yet, have they? Well, no, they're doing Brock versus Ray. Oh, right, 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 right. That's right. So, I forgot and, about that. And based on the end of SmackDown, it seems like they're doing The Fiend and Daniel Bryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, so, I, yeah. don't, I don't know if Cole just also defends his belt on the show or if he's in, like, some multi-man tag match or, or what, what they do with Adam Cole. He's just yeah, the champion. Any number of a thousand things could be. Of course. Uh, I forgot about the Brock Ray thing. Yeah, uh, and uh, that they set up the Wyatt and uh, Fiend thing. They're just, it's like one of those, they're just obsessed with putting that match together. Like, <laughs> Bray Wyatt and Daniel Bryan, and Daniel Bryan it's... and Sheamus. Yeah, and there's like, we talked about this years ago when they kept putting Brock and Undertaker together. <laughs> like, where like, Brock is like the realest thing in wrestling. Right. And you keep putting him with this stupid, hokey Memphis character. <laughs> uh, and that's how, and like, obviously Daniel Bryan is not a legit athlete on the same level of Brock Lesnar. But I do feel that there's an inherent sincerity and realism in a lot of the stuff that he does. Sure, sure. And, and I hate watching, it was like one of my all-time least favorite things. One of the most insulting things I think they ever did was when they put him with Kane right after he won the belts at WrestleMania. Um, (laughs) And this, and every time he's feuded with Wyatt, it's been, it's been trash. So uh, yeah, this, it irritated me. It's not, I don't hate the fiend. I feel like I I don't want to rain. I know people love the fiend. I don't love the fiend, but I also don't hate the fiend, but I don't want his hokey dumb stuff mixing with like one of the only things that really interests me on a WWE main roster show these days. That's that's more than fair. More than fair. Uh, Wednesday night war this war this week. Um AEW Dynamite irritated me to death. 
I did not think I thought it was the weakest of their uh, seven episodes so far. Um, what do you think of the show? Uh, pluses, I thought there's a lot more promos tonight than I think there have been on any other show that they've uh, they've done to date, and that's good. I think you're obviously it's it's not a it's not some brain genius wrestling secret that you you've got a lot of new people watching your show and you need to start introducing them and letting them, uh, you know, try to get themselves over. Um, so I appreciated that. Um, it wasn't, it was missing that one like great match that I think they've had almost one good to very good to great match on every show so far. And this one was like, Oh, there's some stuff I liked. I liked the main event. I liked, the uh, the Dark Order versus Marcus Sunt and Jungle Boy, but I didn't think there was anything on the show that was like blow away great. I did think MJF cut a good promo, although I don't know that when you when he came out and got the type of reaction that he got to go right into comedy with Jericho, maybe you could argue as a mistake. <laughs> maybe you should have held off on him was with did he join the inner circle it was not clear to me by the end of that segment no it looks like he and uh wardlow are going to be a uh a duo or a faction okay but it's so they're just they're friendly with the inner circle but they're not in the inner circle seems that way seems that okay. way that's yeah. that's fair but like yeah i thought i thought mjf was like the best guy on the show um and Jericho was really entertaining. There was nothing that really blew my socks off, though. Uh, what irritated you on this show? Uh, Fifty-three thousand things happened on the show. <laughs> uh, most of the most of the good wrestling apparently happened during commercial breaks. Uh, the Brandy and Kong thing—I don't understand in any way, shape, or form. Um, I don't know why they're together. I don't know why the chief brand officer of the company is a heel wrestling manager. Um, Let's see. What else irritated me on this show? Um, uh, Jim Ross um, had a bad night. He was either either a little under the weather or had a little bit of the bubbly. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure which. We could chalk it up to either. Or... um, Tony Schiavone had had a good night, but you know he's the third man in the booth, and yeah. he's just there to be a uh, you know kind of enthusiastic. Um, let's see. I wouldn't have pinned Chris Jericho in the main event when Sammy Guevara is there. Why the hell is Sammy Guevara there if Jericho is going to take a pan? I mean, I guess the idea is we're going to get Scorpio Sky and Jericho, um, you know, as a TV match at some point. Right. But. I am not interested in that, so I don't care. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I feel like you could still do that match. You could find another way to get to that match without, you know, beating Jericho for the first time in this, you know, in this tag that no one's going to remember. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, this, this that's a litmus test for them, as, as we just talked about. So often things will happen, champions will get pinned, and then, a week or two later, WWE will forget about it. So that's it's up to them now, right? To to make people care, to make people remember that hey, it's a big deal. Uh, you know this 
this tag team guy just pinned the world champion. Like it is, it is incumbent on them now to, to prove, to prove you wrong or to, or to try to make you and anybody else that's a little skeptical about that finish uh, care as they, I guess, yeah, ramp up for the, some sort of TV title match between Jericho and Sky. I mean, it does seem to me that they've done as much as they can to make Scorpio Sky the star of that team. Um, and it's weird because, like, Daniels is clearly, like, has more charisma than the other two guys combined. <laughs> and uh, I think, you know, Kazarian's a really good worker. And then Scorpio Sky is a real, you know, is also a really good worker and a great athlete. But it's, it's, so I guess this is just them trying to really get behind Scorpio Sky. But if it was, if you just get behind him, you build him up, you feed him to Jericho, and then you knock him back down to the tag divisions, and that's the end of it, um, then it maybe doesn't seem as worth it to have him be the first guy to ever pin Chris Jericho in your company. But uh, yeah, we'll see. And like I said, it's, it's kind of, it's on them to, to make us care and to, to not make this in vain. That's, that's my point more than anything. Like, you know, bunch of there were a lot of Clash of Champions shows where you know Ric Flair is defending the the world title against Scott Steiner or against Road Warrior Hawk. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> and I don't I don't feel like we had to pin Ric Flair <laughs> uh, to set that up. Like, you could just set it up. You know, like yeah. And it's it's a way to get a guy who's a star in a, in in a in a match on TV. And you don't burn through, you know, your pay-per-view programs on TV. And people, you know, you can find a way. You can find a way to get to that match. I think without pitting Chris Jericho right now, but eh, meh. It's well, right. also we... because they don't they don't have a track record of like twenty years of letting <laughs> letting you down. Right. So I think generally people are always like, well, why is why is when AEW does something like this, uh, people don't freak out, but if WWE does, it's like, because AEW still has something you would call the benefit of the doubt at the moment. Now, again, it's on them to not squander that and not disappoint people. But it's like, that's the difference. People still have like a general hope or a general want to see things work out for the best for this company <laughs> and that has long been abused and expired in wwe yeah uh i didn't see nxt i rarely do uh would you you saw the main event of that show what'd you think yeah it was a a wacky ladder match um the camera missed the big ladder spot where mia Yim <laughs> fell out of the ring off a ladder through another ladder on the floor i bet she's thrilled about that um, and then, yeah, the big surprise was Kaylee Ray, uh, is the final member of Shayna's team and, uh, helped. <laughs> this was, this was pretty funny. So Dakota Kai is tr out there trying to help, uh, Mia Yim win. So it's two on one baby faces. And then, uh, Eho takes out Dakota and then Kaylee Ray comes out and, and, uh, and hits and hits Mia Yim and shoves her out of the ring. And then EO climbs up on wings. So the baby faces tried to cheat and the heels uh, evened the odds and fought them off and were victorious. Huh. All right. <laughs> I guess the other big news was that uh, apparently pretty legit uh, Gargano will not be wrestling Finn Balor at the takeover show. And so they've 
pulled Matt Riddle out of that War Games program, it seems, and plugged him into the Balor match instead. Yeah, so poor uh, poor John Wrestling is injured. Yeah, that's 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 a bummer. I mean, that's did you see that? I mean, he tweeted out like the picture of his head the night after. I don't know if this is because of Balor dropping him on his head or if it's just that was one of many other injuries he's had that's led to it. I think they said it's a neck injury. So sure sounds like that could be the problem. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe everybody stopped dropping each other on their on their heads. Maybe yeah. That, Maybe that should be a good idea for for all wrestling companies. Yeah, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of that. Uh, John Moxley spiked Kenny Omega on his head on AEW on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Sammy Sammy Guevara took a DDT right on his head tonight, or a German suplex right on his head tonight. Yeah. Bad bad times. And uh, the other only other thing I saw from NXT was uh, Zia Lee kicking Aaliyah right in the face and Ugh. breaking her nose. Ugh. Maybe maybe do less calisthenics, less uh, weightlifting <laughs> in that performance center, and maybe maybe teach people how to throw throw a kick. Isn't Lance Storm starting there as a trainer soon? Maybe, can he teach people how to throw a kick? You think you think he'd be able to? I think he's going to be a, uh, a an agent on the main roster. I think. Oh, you're right, you're right. But yeah, uh, just get your dang hand, get your dang hands up. That's how you. <laughs> yep. Treat every match like you're wrestling Rob Van Dam. Right, 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 right. All right, you ready for me, for, uh, me to embarrass myself? Yeah, so this is the main event. Uh, you, of course, as we mentioned at the start of the show, were, uh, were, uh, you uh, perused the events of StarCast. Uh, yeah. And uh, you have one story in particular that's, uh, that's a pretty great story. So take it away. Mm, I don't know if that's... We've done it's a lot. For, We've... It's great for me. All right. Well, uh, so what StarCast on Friday went to the uh, official StarCast a uh, full gear after party after uh, full gear on Saturday night. Here's the th- the thing about that. Uh, I knew that it wasn't the real after party. I knew there was going to be a real after party. And you see, I wanted to be at the real after party. Uh-huh. <laughs> turns out the real after party was Jericho's 49th birthday party at Jimmy's Famous Seafood that was going on at the same time the official right. after party was happening. So, I mean, like, there's no way I could have gotten in to Jimmy's Famous Seafood for Jericho's birthday party, but that was actually the place to be. Yes. <laughs> not not the party they sold tickets to, but... Of course. So, i uh not sure if you've ever heard me uh, talk about women's wrestling on this show before. Hmm. But I'm a, fan. I'm a fan, and uh, I've been talking about Penelope Ford on the show for at least two years. You sure have. Uh, uh, really, it's, it's, I mean, way more than her, her level of stardom uh, really <laughs> dictates. Can I tell you how I, be, how I became aware of Penelope Ford, by the way? Tell me. So, you know, Ric Flair did the Philly Wing Bowl. Uh-huh. A, a couple of years. And um, Ric Flair, I it was at the 2017 Wing Bowl. And you know, this is during that stretch where, like, if you dropped a nickel, Ric Flair would show up and take a live <laughs> mic 
and cut a promo and talk about what a wonderful city X city was. And he would, you know, slap his arms and, and woo a bunch. And mm-hmm. it would be like 40 grand or something. So yeah. he was doing all this. So he did like the Philly uh, wing bowl like three years in a row. So flares at the Philly wing bowl in 2017. And I see this photo of flair with Penelope Ford. And I'm like, holy balls. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then I was, I'm like, who is that? So then I end up figuring out, wait a minute, that she's a wrestler? And then I figure out, oh my goodness, okay, so this is Penelope Ford, she's a wrestler, she dates Joey Janela, blah, 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 figure, anyway. Determined that she's going to be this giant star. And uh-huh. and then she was on the uh, the all-in show, uh, yeah. managing Janela, and uh, was friggin' incredible on that show. And then she got to, and I'm like, alright, I, I gotta get a picture with her before she makes it big because I knew literally the first time I saw a photo of her, this girl is going to be a giant star. Sure. So, uh, at WrestleCon this past year, she was doing photo ops, uh, but they weren't, you couldn't buy in advance. Um, you had to like go up to whatever table that she was at. The only ones you could buy in advance, you could buy one with her and Janela. Uh, ahead of time, and I, you know, especially after like being around Joey Janela a little bit <laughs> at WrestleCon this year, uh-huh. I, I I don't want a photo with Joey Janela. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> like I I just don't. Um, and m- maybe she doesn't either anymore. But anyway, <laughs> so uh, like I'm I'm just walking laps around WrestleCon uh, seven months ago, like. Uh-huh. Penelope Ford is not at her table. You know, you're supposed to be able to get... She's just not at her table. I took, like, f- seven laps around the building trying to see if she would show up at, at, at her table. And she ne- and she never did, apparently. Uh-huh. Uh, I did see her when I was in line waiting to get uh, Renee Young's photo, uh, photo op with Renee Young. I did see her and Janela uh, setting up for their photo ops. I'm like, dang it, man. I missed this. And by that point, she'd already had a WWE tryout. And, you know, she had signed to AEW, and it's like, she's going to be on national TV. She's going to be a star. How am I going to talk about how I knew way back when that this girl was going to be a star if I don't have the photo op to prove it? <laughs> uh-huh. Nobody, Nobody's going to believe me. So, StarCast uh, in Baltimore. Uh, she's doing photos. I got a photo op. So I go to StarCast, I wait in line, I get in. It's a very disappointing, disorganized uh, wrestling convention. Uh, I think a lot of that is on the venue. Uh, The venue that they selected is not a very good venue for a convention. (laughs) And maybe it's just, it was the only thing that was available or whatever. But really bad, really bad layout. But so... So I get, I get my, I get my, uh, I wait in line, and then I, I find out where the photo ops are, and I'm like the second person in line for a photo with Penelope Ford, mm-hmm. and her, her new man, uh, Kip Sabian, is uh, at the same table, 
and I should maybe mention like I got uh I got business cards made up <laughs> mm. uh with like my uh, uh Twitter and uh contact information and uh this podcast uh information and stuff and uh you know um my title at wrestlingobserver.com and wrestlingobserver.com on them and felt like you know what let's just let's just make some friends in the wrestling industry you know sure and uh and network and uh connect sure what, what could possibly go wrong right uh-huh so i get up uh to meet penelope ford and uh do you know when uh, Ron Burgundy meets uh, Veronica Corningstone in Anchorman? How he, <laughs> the way his voice goes, uh-huh. <laughs> he just all of a sudden starts talking really loudly about everything. I'm like, it's like, hey, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, WrestleCon, oh WrestleCon. I I was like, I had to get a photo, try to get a photo of WrestleCon, and I, it's like. She's just very calm and very nice. She's like, uh-huh. WrestleCon. Is that where I wrestled Taya, Taya Valkyrie? Uh-huh. And, I'm like, and I'm like, well, I don't know. I didn't go to the wrestling show. I was just walking around <laughs> the convention. And, you know, I just wanted to get a photo. So I'm like, national TV. She could be a national TV. I'm like, I get a photo for, photo for <laughs> She's like, huh, WrestleCon. I don't, sorry, I don't. I don't remember WrestleCon. <laughs> it's like they all kind of run together. I'm like, ha 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 So uh, then we pose for the photo, and uh-huh. she signs an 8x10, and uh, shake hands. She says, uh, nice to meet you, Ethan. Thanks. And I leave Starcast, and I realize I got this pocket full of business cards that I didn't hand out. So I did what anyone with uh, the inability to feel uh, shame <laughs> and, and with little to no self-respect has, and I slid into her DMs. Oh. And, and so I direct messaged her and said, hey, by the way, I'm writing about your show uh, every week. Uh, I'm new at this trying to make friends in the industry. If you or Kip ever need, like, a friend in the media, uh, let me know. And uh, sent her a business card. And I never heard back. Cool. Well, you know, she and Dave are tight. They wear the same sweatshirt. That's true. That's true. Uh, but So maybe he can put in a good word for you. But maybe he didn't, like, yell at her about WrestleCon. <laughs> <laughs> Which well, she, didn't, she didn't remember for 20 minutes. Fair enough. Um, yeah, so, uh, then I looked at the, I looked at the photo and, you know, I was feeling pretty good about the way I looked that day. I thought I had uh, pretty cool hair and I was wearing a cool jacket. And then I looked at the photo of me next to the person that's on television and I looked like an old, old witch. (laughs) And that's not like, you know, being self-deprecating or... Uh, trying to be funny. It's like, no, I don't have a low self-esteem. I have no self-esteem. So I have the ability to look at things factually as they are. And the fact of the matter is plain and simple. I look like an old, old witch uh, <laughs> next to her. 
So through the magic of uh, you know a couple of uh, filters on uh, different apps, I managed to make myself look like less of an old old witch, and uh, have a photo that uh, uh, no restraining order could ever take away from me. <laughs> well, it's too late now. <laughs> I. Uh, so did you talk to Kip Stern as well? No. Okay. No. I was willing to, like, uh-huh. like after I uh, said goodbye to her, I was going to go over and try to shake his hand and say, hey, uh, hey, pal, nice to meet you. Uh-huh. But he was like, uh, he was wearing sunglasses indoors and uh, sitting by himself with, because no one knows who he is. Sure. Well, you know, when you're that cool. Well, that was... I mean, at least you didn't, like, tell her that, like, what a big fan of someone else that was also at the convention, you uh, like, a fan of someone else uh, while you were taking the picture with her or something. You know, that would be pretty sad. Right. That would be pretty awkward. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I did that to Lita. <laughs> yep. Only me third place, as we like to call her. Yep. 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 So... I don't think that's necessarily in the uh, pantheon of great uh, great stories I've ever told on this show, but uh, it is does involve me uh, embarrassing myself. Well, the so. story isn't great, but I think your telling of the story is great, and that's that's really all that matters. I look like an old old witch. <laughs> <sighs> all right, everybody. Till next time, I'm Ethan. <laughs> I'm Liam. We'll be back soon with more stories from the rest of life. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. For other podcasts like this, head to obpapparel.com. The Wrestling Life is brought to you by OBP Apparel. For Baltimore's best local sports gear, head to obpapparel.com. Whether it's baseball or football season, we've got you covered with Baltimore's best local sports gear. That's obpapparel.com. Thanks for listening to The Wrestling Life, a part of the Elite Podcast Network at obpapparel.com. Be sure to go and subscribe to us on iTunes. Just search for The Wrestling Life on the iTunes store. Make sure you leave a review and tell us how we're doing. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter at TWL underscore podcast for live tweets during wrestling events and other hilarity throughout the week. That's at TWL underscore podcast. Now back to the guys. How's it going? Pretty good. I, I I have to get up at a reasonable time now, so that blows. That really blows. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all things considered, it's it's all right, but. Uh...
and getting off at a at a decent time is is kind of worth the trade off because previous job I was working uh, like two to eight Monday through Friday and then sometimes all day on Saturday as well. So whatever else you might say about the banking industry, uh, hours are tough to beat. How do you, a self-proclaimed democratic socialist, feel about working for the big banks and major corporations? Um, I don't feel great about it. I am working for a smaller... I'm not working for like a national company. Although we are being bought by something right now, so <laughs> I might be by like next week. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's something to... The, I mean, the, 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 the phrase is, is generally, you know... There's there's nothing complete. There's no such thing as like a 100 uh, percent ethical thing in, in a uh, in a in a capitalist society. And so yeah, it's I'm providing a service, and that's that's how it works. I mean, on the one hand, yes, money is just a thing we invented. It doesn't really have any meaning except for the what we give it to it, but. You know that's that is how the world works. So I don't know. It's not. Uh, it wasn't necessarily what I was setting out to find when I when I went on my grand job hunt. But it's uh, it's where I've landed for for the time being, at least. All right. I try to keep on keeping on. So 